It's the holiday season, switch it up First Noel snow, melt just for Christmas Consumerism, loser schism, I don't give a nut Even Bader gets a spirit, knit sweaters, bring these shut up While you faithful to the money, honey, give it up While at the scallops, we follow the shallow dollops of businessmen Who is this when? They're out of cash and out of yen Switch it up and change your name to Doker Shen This it's Crescendo. The Crescendo Podcast official disclaimer. This podcast is not designed to offend, hurt, mentally damage, or in any way harm your well-being. The ideas released in this podcast are open to the world and welcome to interpretation. My hope is that it allows you to further solidify what you believe. Take a stance. Thanks for listening to This Week on Crescendo Podcast. I'm very happy to welcome talented sound designer, fellow music philosopher, and friend Babacon to the show for a full interview. Stay tuned. There's a special guest acapella performance of Veni Veni Emanuel, as arranged by John Englert and performed by guest artist David Kelly, Peter Hodge, and myself. Enjoy. Cool, cool. Do I sound all right? You sound great. What are you recording on? <laughs> Just some, like, uh, Apple earbuds right now. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't have any of my gear with me. I'm actually in New York for the summer, so... That's cool. Uh, what are you doing in New yeah. York? I have uh, an internship at a jingle company, which is kind of interesting. Hold on, so a, jingle, doing... a jingle company? Yeah, yeah, uh, jingle punks. Please it, please explain. Yeah, so um, basically this this uh, this company, is it's called Jingle Punks, as I just said. They, they do uh, music licensing um, for, like, any large-scale company that you could probably think of, like Fox, uh, Pandora, various, you know, films. So, uh, so you write yeah. the jingles and then you, like, license them out to the, the companies? I mean, I'm an intern, so <laughs> I, only have, I only have so much power. Um, I have been getting more into the composition side of things as of recently. No, no, no. I'm just asking, like, what what does the company do, you know? Oh, oh, right, 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 right. We have a bunch of in-house composers, and we also uh, hire freelance composers. Um, and we this built is up really, this... This is really funny to me. Oh, yeah? We I, just... I, just, I, I know someone's got to write it. It just never occurred to me, you know, that you have an actual, like, business doing it. Right. And, and you know, when people say the word jingle, it has this sort of, like, interesting connotation totally totally like oh yeah these like short little melodies but like you know they can be like like entire like six minute orchestral scores that could go into movie trailers that's true yeah yeah you know entire like electronic music tracks or you know it's like a it's very broad and each context has its own quote-unquote jingle that yeah you know needs to fit right so they they license like music do they write it for the company you know so did this company approach them and be like i need a, a jingle yeah generally like we get clients and they have specific requests and they usually like give us a brief like oh we need like five to ten relaxing alternative rock tracks and they'll like give a bunch of suggestions and uh, we try to fill these requests so the new thing right now is the, the big news is spotify has been doing some like kind of shady but just like weird stuff with their like you know spotify has those like mood tracks so you can get like if you if you want to see like i want i'm in a relaxed mood i want to listen to relaxed playlist they've been like Mm -hmm. licensing music from artists so that they actually own the music itself so would a company reach out to you and do the same thing like i need a specific genre of song just like a stock song you know and use it in my company Probably. I think specifically what you're referring to is like involves like a little bit more artistic integrity. Um, and I think like what we do is a lot more commercial. 
I mean, it definitely falls in the same vein. Yeah, same same broad category. This is like this is a very weird place to start this conversation. <laughs> I'm extremely new to this, and it's like it's it's not how I identify as like an artist or a musician. Right, right. But it it's, does it's, it doesn't. It's not real music. It doesn't feel like art. All of the all of the composers that work with this company have like a very very like intricate personal relationship with their own music, um, and kind of like what they license to the company is just you know fulfilling these requests. But it's yeah. like you get you get to write music for a living, and that's that's pretty cool. That I mean, yeah, and one one side of it, it's really cool that they get to you know write music and do their passion for a living. But the other side, it's like it's kind of sad, you know. Like it's I mean, I hate to say it, I'm glad they're doing what they like to do. But I wish there was more artistic involve- there was more artistic involvement in these like commercial applications. Um, I think I think I think there is because I mean at the end of the day you're the one making the musical choices, and while you do have to kind of exist within this box that you know your client gives you, um, you can still make a lot of decisions that pull your audience in one way or another. That's true. And I can see that. Be, side be sneaky about like the yeah. emotion yeah. and your, your stuff is getting experienced by like hundreds of thousands of people. And that's definitely. That's just true. Validating. That's true. Well, cool. That's, that's a cool job. So I want to, I want to turn it around and, you know, just go back to, is it, yeah, I know sure. you have the pronunciation in your SoundCloud. Pro, is it, <laughs> it's Babacon? Yeah, that's correct. How do you say it? Is it Babacon? Yeah. Babacon. Yeah. That's good. It's got a nice ring to it. It's very, it's got some syllables. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just want to talk about what you think you do as an artist. So first, first of all, so I've been super busy. Just logged on today to do some background research and write out some questions. And I listened to your the, your your songs on your like the spotlight on your SoundCloud profile, and it was like it was nuts. I mean, I spent like two hours <laughs> listening to the music, just like on loop. I was like, this wow. is this is freaking crazy. So Thank I, you. I'm, I'm very happy, you know, that it turns out that we're doing an interview. I, I have a lot of questions for you, but first I just want to ask, like, what do you think you do as an artist? Because your music is so different from what everyone else is doing right now. Like, how, what do you think your role is? You know, it's like an ongoing process um, to answer that question. I'm always just trying to find a way to continue my pursuit of self-understanding and self-expression and just because I feel like this is a very critical point in my life right now, it's very transitional. Like the, the music that I put out is sort of a direct reflection of these experiences and these thoughts that I have, what it means to be in this world and what this place is. And like, truly speaking, um, like I'm, I'm just trying to figure out like what I'm doing and, and who I am. And um, totally. the best way I know how to do that is through music uh, as a means of understanding. That's brilliant. I, I'm totally with you. You know, I usually think of music as like a, a, a form of expression and you can like channel that expression through a lot of mediums and music is one of those mediums. But I like that too, is kind of like almost a therapy for finding out, you know, who you are. Yeah. And like, I definitely uh, value very much like how it has become, you know, a tool of expression for me because when I I've been I've been producing since I think 2009 is when I consider my start to be and only in these past two years or so um, really like the the content that I have up on my SoundCloud right now only in that that period of time have I really become comfortable with my craft to to where I can say like what I'm putting out 
I'm, I'm able to confidently, you know, say something right. through my music and, and, and reach people and touch people. And right. it, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like seeing the interaction, um, like the messages I get, the comments I get, uh, and it's, it's very, it's very, you know, small in comparison to a lot of these, I guess, more, uh, statistically successful artists. Um, but it is meaningful and I think that's kind of profound. Yeah, I, I just want to stop and read some of these comments. I was going through, like, I have never seen a track with this kind of praise before on sound. Like, I've seen some, like, some pretty <laughs> good ones. But, like, and it's consistent, too, because a lot of times when you have an a tr- a electronic music track on SoundCloud, like, the first drop has, like, all the comments. But you have, like, the same consistency of comments all throughout the song, which means people are, like, staying for it. Okay, I'll, I want to read these. Yeah. So you have, uh, not sure how you can top this, to be honest. Yes, I feel the vibes. So deep. Absolutely beautiful. What a journey. Uh, holy bleep, you deserve all the support you're getting. Wow. I mean, it goes on and on. <laughs> I was like looking through some of these. One of them is like um, listening to this while walking outside with your best friend at night is like an emotional experience. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that one. Yeah. Well, I think what these comments are speaking towards is kind of my approach to composition. Um, which I feel is a little like my my ideas about this. I feel um, are a little undervalued in uh, kind of the SoundCloud electronic music culture right now. Every single moment in a piece of music or art that develops over time is an opportunity um, to do something creative, to to speak, to say something. And having having just a breakdown be a breakdown, and and only leaving it as that like this is a this is a functional like i'm only using this this breakdown to function as something to function as a transition into the build-up which functions as a transition to the right. drop which is it's all about I, function I it's all about like emotion function right and i i don't i don't i don't really i don't really vibe with like the idea that like something should have a function I, I think you can go a lot deeper and, you know, as I said earlier, if every moment is an opportunity, then you should make the most out of that. It, sh- it shouldn't just be acting as something. Um, it right. should be like, you should take advantage of that. And, you know, if, if you're, if you're dragging your song out and adhering to a, a two drop form because you don't have any other ideas um, or it's mindless conformity. You, Right. And it's, it's just, it's just like not very satisfying to listen to like, and it's not engaging. And you see that in the distribution of, of comments on SoundCloud, like they're all centered around the drops. Whereas that like, if you have, if you have an extremely emotive, like guitar solo halfway through your track and like, it's not where like the climax is, but it's keeping people engaged you're expressing yourself through this music. It's all meaningful um, and and precise and, and calculated. Uh, I think I think that's like a much better option than just you know having some pads for a couple minutes just for the sake of putting that breakdown in there because that's what the form dictates that you should do. I think I think Charlie Dumu was uh, he was right. You literally took the words out of mouth. When I mean, like, I was going to interrupt and, like, fill in your sentence, but then you said it, and I'm like, oh, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) That's good. I love that. Why do you choose to use this crazy creative ability of yours to do the music and not, say, like, writing? You know, was there some point in your life that brought the music in and, like, that's what you learned? Like, this is how I can express my, this is how I can work through myself as opposed to, like, I don't know, sculpture, you know? 
this is going to sound a little sad, but I, I really am not very great at doing much else. Um, and I don't think it's because I haven't really invested as much time into it, but like, you know, that was kind of poorly said. Let me backtrack for a second. No, I, I, I already I, understand what you're trying I, to say. I think, yeah. I think the answer to this question is that music hit me first out of all of the other art forms. I, I honestly, my, my background, I heard like a ridiculous speed techno song on YouTube and that sent me to Newgrounds. I found this artist who like wrote these insane melodies and super fast synth solos. And I was like, I'd never really heard electronic music before. Um, I immediately latched onto it because it was just so intriguing and, and emotive and uh, like foreign to what I guess was played in my household. And my family really isn't into music. I'm pretty much the only musical person in my family. Um, so it, it was like just the stark contrast uh, of, of what I, what I experienced at that time. And like, literally immediately I, I researched how to, how to start making these kinds of sounds. And that led me to get a DAW. Um, and it was just sort of like, that was it. And I kind of like, didn't look back. So huh. I, I guess that's the answer to that question. Wait, when was this in your, like, how old were you at that time? Um, I, I think I heard that song in 2000, summer 2008. It was a song called Cloud Control by this artist on Newgrounds whose username was DimRain47. Uh, he had a little bit of a cult following um, through that website at the time. Mm -hmm. His music was used in a lot of Flash games and uh, videos on YouTube, um, which is how I discovered him. Um, but like... It was so unique to like the the current electronic music because a lot of what electronic music was at the time really pounding like club techno, kind of this like mainstream. Yeah, not not it hasn't it hadn't hit mainstream yet. It was still relatively underground thing, but like it it hadn't developed itself in, into like a very like you know electronic music is kind of like a platform now. Like if you can produce, you can produce. Much exactly. That, that yeah. It hadn't reached that stage yet. Uh, it was it was still very much in its like club origins. But like this guy was like writing, like he was basically like turning an orchestra into a bunch of synthesizers and putting like a four on the floor beat under that at 170 BPM and just letting it self go. I thought that was so crazy. Like my my music act. Like if you listen to my extremely early work. Um, it still reflects some of my, his influence on my style um, mm -hmm. today, and it's it's really cool because like that like just right from the get go, my interest wasn't in, in composition, and a lot of people who maybe have been producing for a couple years now, you know, dubstep or electro house might have you know gotten them into production, yeah, um, which is like the, and that's totally cool, and you get like a lot of interesting results from from starting from that direction um but like the emphasis was already like at that point it's like you know you have to have like the punchiest kick drum and right like, hats and claps and like good samples and good sounds and, and grooves and stuff like that and like they didn't really i don't know take into consideration the actual notes that they were choosing whereas like when I started, mm. like, the notes themselves were like being like that's what made the song that's like the entire reason that's the reason you're doing it. To it. Yeah. Right. Like every single 16th note in this 
insane synth guitar solo blew my mind and i needed like it, it like when people are like oh you know sound design tutorial it's like how do i write <laughs> a yeah. guitar solo like that sort of <laughs> yeah that's you know the one of the one of these themes we're seeing like all around and really through the entire history of the human creative race it's like you you have to have something to latch on to before you can make it your own you know like that's this that's the saying like you have to know the rules before you can break them almost but like that's what i hear you saying when you were like i got this i found this guy on youtube and he made these crazy melodies and like i gotta try this and now you're not focused on him at all it's now it's like you like now now we're hearing you and not so much this guy anymore like you take this and you ran with it and you know i think that's like a prominent theme in all of creative media for sure um i think that it's nearly impossible for art to exist in a vacuum even in its earliest stages in in terms of like you know very broad scale like like the human race um it's been a very gradual thing of people bouncing ideas off of each other over insane amounts of time um and then you know on a, on a more microscopic perspective, the individual, like what he, what he hears, what he reads, stuff like that. And like how, how, how all this content that the individual is intaking completely influences the kind of stuff they, they write. I will, I will listen to theme songs from children's shows I watched when I was like four and I will hear compositional similarities to the stuff I write today. Hmm. Isn't that insane? And it's, it's like, it's like, nuts. it's, it's just a direct, like, you can't, you can't escape it. Like, it's, it's almost like every piece of art is contributing to this, like, nirvana, this, this, this totally. huge vat of just pieces that, like, every bit of writing and, and film and music and sound design all just, like, fly into. And then, you know, you, you, you start to experience it and you kind of, like, reach your hand in and pull something out. And then, you know, your own unique mind takes these existing ideas and synthesizes them with your own experiences and out comes a new original artist. That's totally it. Like when you're making this music, you're just taking everything that you've ever heard, everything you've ever listened to, and you're like mixing it up and then you're spitting it out with your own interpretation on it. That's that's like how you make music. And, you know, at one point I was doing a lot of writing, like nonfiction Mm -hmm. writing about all the stuff that I'm talking about on the podcast now. And someone who was helping me write, he just said, like, all writing is, is your own clipping together of stuff that's come before. So when you're writing a nonfiction book, you're getting, like, all your pieces of text from all these different books. Like, you're literally, like, quoting them. It's music, but it's just, like, a giant chunk of ideas from other people Mm -hmm. that you've, like, literally listed out. And that's, you know, what all of creative media is. It's just less prominent when to see in music. Oh, yeah, definitely. For me, it's actually like it was kind of the opposite because I've been immersed in music for so long. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's a really cool chord. Let's figure out how to use it in my my work." But like the last two years, I've gotten into kind of free verse poetry. I find it like extremely expressive um, to use words in very abstract ways, and uh, which is a lot of, like your music you're making now. Oh yeah, if you read my poetry, which I will never <laughs> release, um, it might it, it kind of it very vaguely comes through in my lyrics when I do write lyrics. It, 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 it's like only recently I've started to like you know hear a song or like be watching a movie and some some actor says a line in, in such a compelling way that I just immediately go and, and write that line down because it's such a 
it's such an ingenious um, connection of words and like how they resonate with me. Maybe I'll use one of those words as a basis for like a, a line in my own work. Do you mind if I play uh, just, it's, I'm going to play two pieces of your work. Is that all right? Hear it? Yeah, sure. So you can't hear it, but the everyone else can hear it. Okay. So I'm playing Derealize. Okay. So this is this is pretty recent, right? Yeah, yeah, this was in the last couple of weeks. It's so weird. That's what I love about it. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When there's no beat, it's just like noise. Right. So you get the you get the idea that I want to just go down to moments too, which is like totally different. Like I don't. Yes. I, it's so different. It's it's amazing that you know that you're able to pull together two totally different things, and yet it still sounds like you. You know, it still sounds like I can hear those stylistic techniques pulling through in both of them. That's awesome. Thank you. them or do you have like a state like where do you even get them um moments specifically actually do you realize as well i carry a zoom microphone around really yeah. <laughs> i'm very big into found sound foley and field recordings um, i find them extremely useful for telling stories and for sound design um, like they're, they're they can capture sounds you cannot replicate so them really telling a story in these in these masterpieces like moments thank you It goes to like the weird like orchestral
that's awesome. It's done playing now. Thank you. So how, how long does a track like that take to make? Um, Moments in Derealize actually both took around 70 hours. 70 which is, hours? Ah! That, that's uh, between 60 and, and 70 to 80-ish hours is usually how long one of my serious solo releases takes. How, how, we, do, you, how long do you spread that out over? Usually... Uh, a week. No. <laughs> Probably two. Two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. That's not two, much better. Two, two to two and a half weeks. Yeah, it's it's very weird. Like like my process of creation and releasing. Like I will have very intense periods of writer's block, and then it'll just kind of all flow out, and I am immediately locked in to the music, and I I can't let myself escape that. So, so it's just like a two and a half week craze. Yeah, essentially. All we are actually took over a hundred hours. That's crazy. I, I, that, it's the highest. I think I've talked to the, the highest so far of like our count for one song was eighty. It was set by um, Knapsack. Mm, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that's like beyond. I've I've spent thirty hours on a track, and I'm like, I'm done. I can't do <laughs> anymore. I'm done with music. <laughs> it's interesting. Like, it doesn't feel like it starts to add up until you actually look at the counter, the time counter, and you're like, wait what yeah but like i mean if you like i can produce um for like nine to ten hours non-stop if i'm really invested in a track i've heard people say that about video games too when they realize like i'm spending three hours a day playing video games and they, they're just like blown away like they don't even yeah. think that they've done that you know yeah my my pokemon emerald version from when i was in middle school has <laughs> many 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 hours on it and i have no idea how i put that much time in yeah where did i find that time so funny oh um fun fact a lot of the choirs you hear in derealize are sound fonts there's their sound font choirs from pokemon emerald version oh really (laughs) yeah that is so funny at least you just like sampled the, the the video game yeah so you can so like every video game at least on the Game Boy Advance, has like a, like a list of sounds the composer is available, like the composer can use to create the soundtrack. Yeah, um, and people have ported them from like the Game Boy cartridges into usable formats uh, for huh. music production softwares. Um, so yeah, like anybody could download this. I have a very specific affinity to that game, so I grabbed it, and I think like really bad like sampled choirs sound incredibly dark and used in the right context. That's, that's so interesting that you, you're taking some, a game that meant so much to you, you know, when you were, that was how you were expressing yourself before, and you're, like, pulling it into this new medium. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I have even sent the uh, GBA ROM file for Pokemon Emerald version and <laughs> so done funny. something uh, in Audacity where you can load any kind of file type as raw data, just, like, kinds of as, kind yeah. of as like, a string of, ones and zeros you, you might have heard of this technique before and it essentially turns the, the file into like all this ridiculous glitched out noise and huh i've never I've no, used, i've never heard of that oh yeah it's like very cool definitely <laughs> try it out do you listen to other artists at this point as like a, a way of inspiration or do you create purely as a way of like you know working out yourself um i think like when it comes to the music i release it's like 50 50 um, all we are definitely came out of a vacuum, and I know I said that art usually doesn't um, in the past, uh, or at least previously in this conversation. Uh, but I didn't, I wasn't listening to anybody 
no specific song inspired the track. It was just kind of very free form. Like I had some ideas, um, I was feeling some things and it just sort of happened. Do you realize on the other hand, the first drop, which kind of set the tone for the sound design for the rest of the piece was really heavily inspired by Autica. And I spent uh, a lot of hours like in a spectrogram analyzing their music, uh, which is something I do a lot because I'm a complete nerd and <laughs> need to figure out how people are making their sounds. Um, and that informed me a lot on like, like the choices I'm going to be making sonically in this track. Um, mm. And it's like not, it's, it's like still kind of like my style of sound design. If you listen closely, you can definitely hear like kind of where I'm pulling some of these like very harsh, low bassy textures. So here's my question. What would you call success as an artist? Especially for you, which I see, you d- doesn't really seem like you care that much about the audience. Like, I know, I know you care, but it really sounds like you're just doing it for the sake of doing it. Well, you know, I run into a lot of um, dissonance with myself when I think about this question. And it's really interesting because the music I write is very personal. Um, and, you know, you'd think that you know, if he's putting out stuff like the things that he's released, like what people think about the music really shouldn't matter to him. And I think that's true uh, if we isolate it to just the the individual pieces of music themselves. Like, I don't really care if this person likes moments or this person doesn't like derealize. Like, that doesn't really concern me. But on a kind of broader scale, I really do care incredibly, probably too much, that my voice ends up being heard amongst this chaos uh, of like everybody trying to get their music out. Um, it's extremely saturated, but like I feel like such I put a, such an immense pressure on myself to achieve a level where you know all these people are listening to and experiencing my music and and really understand what I have to say. So it's it's weird. I crave a, a, a very a very that. large scale validation. Um, even though all my music is, you know, very, very fixed and very personal. And I don't know, you could probably psychoanalyze me and come up with some weird conclusions because of that. (laughs) No, I was going to use the same word that you just used is like validation. Like you want validation that what you're doing, like you're pouring your soul into this music and you want like, you want people to come back to you and like a lot of people to come back to you and say, this is amazing and we love you. You know what I mean? Like that's the fundamental human crave that everyone yeah. wants that, you know? And this is just I, one way of getting to that. Definitely. I really wish I was at a point where I could go beyond that. Um, but I'll make like 30 seconds of something. I'll write like a 30 second thing uh, and it'll be like kind of trashy or whatever. But like, I'll just be in my music software, pump something out and be like, oh my God this is awesome. Like I have to show everybody and I will send that SoundCloud link to like eight or nine people and just spam it until like they reply and like they'll acknowledge that they've heard it and like given me their opinion and feedback. And it's like, I don't need to do that. And I should be comfortable enough with my own work that, you know, I shouldn't need to do that. Um, But I still want that feedback. I still want that, that interaction because like music is like, like literally who I am. Um, so when people are interfacing with my work, they're interfacing with me. Uh, and I know like the cliche is that, oh, my music, like, uh, it speaks for itself. Like, like, don't, don't listen to what I like have to say as a person, like listen to my music, but like, that's so incredibly true for me. Yeah, I totally get it. 
And a lot of ways, I think that may, that push to be validated, maybe that extra push you need just like whenever you're not feeling like you're in touch with the music or you're in touch with people around you. You know, that's the push you need to like, you know, just keep yeah. making the music. I, th- I think for sh- like that's definitely the case. And uh, what I mentioned earlier, like we're discussing what kind of my goals are as an artist, like self-understanding and what does it mean to, to be in this world and i think because we're human and because we're extremely social species being in this world involves being around other humans and and trying to understand that interaction between myself and then myself and the other um and and try to and try to reconcile both with some sort of unifying field theory (laughs) yeah but but just for my own you know mind and personality's sake well i wish you the best I see. I really do. This is like I want to see this blow up. Like I really, I really do. It's Thank so. You. <laughs> you. I mean, seriously. Like I know it's again. It's like cliche. You deserve it. Your music is great. But like I want to see that validation happen. You know, like I want to see that just come and like I want a happy ending to this. You know. <laughs> you know. I I'm, want. I, I want to see like a movie. Yeah, I'm sincerely trying my best. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll keep doing what you're doing. And thank you so much for coming on. That was a lot of fun. For sure. Thanks for having me. I haven't been interviewed before. That was that was pretty cool. Oh, you really? Yeah. We, have you? Do you have any interview experience? Like in the music world? No. Professionally, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Um, right. But no, not not really. But I, I, I don't know. I, I have a lot of things to say. I want to genuinely say that was one of the best interviews I've ever had. Like, I mean, I really mean it. And I've had That's some, cool. like, some people, I mean, not just, like, the way you do it, although the performance is great, but, like, what you're saying, it relates, it's perfect, it makes sense, it's, it was great. Genuine. I really mean it. It's good. Awesome. <laughs> Dude, thank you. Yeah, word. All right. Catch you later. Peace. Bye. Benny, Benny.
Grishina Podcast is written, recorded, produced, mixed, and published by me, Maywood. Every track you hear on this show is my original content, with the exception of the intro and outro track, which was written by Acids and Last Voyage and published on Distance Records. You hear it everywhere, but it actually does help when you subscribe on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much to Cry2Form, who designed the purple logo. Thanks to John Hargrave, father, blockchain enthusiast, talented chef, and slap bass player for your continued support and encouragement. And thanks to the staff and friends on Cream Dart for the feedback and good vibes. You just listened to half an hour of content that you hopefully enjoyed, and I'll keep the money talk short and sweet. My challenge for you today is this. I don't believe that you will donate some Bitcoin. My challenge for you is to be the person that stands up for independent content creators. Prove me wrong and donate a few dollars of Bitcoin to the address that can be found in my bio on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever else. Just copy and paste the address into the send part of your app. Best of luck. Good night, Jake. Uh, good night, Jake.